Hey everyone, thanks for watching and listening to the U.S. Grace Force podcast. This is Doug Berry. I want to tell you about something we've got coming up on May 17th and 18th. It's called Rooted. This is a two-hour workshop, free webinar workshop. Really want you to join. I'm going to ask you to go on out to brcoalition.com forward slash workshop. Again, that's brcoalition.com forward slash workshop. We've got a lot of food shortages and other areas of supply chain problems that are affecting our world right now in very dramatic ways. And we're being told, and the signs are showing us, that it's most likely going to get much worse. What can we do to be better prepared and be ready to handle this? This workshop, Rooted, May 17th and 18th, a couple of workshops each day, will help address this and give you some very serious concrete steps on what you can do to be much better prepared to handle these unfolding shortages that we're seeing all around us. So again, please go out to brcoalition.com forward slash workshop. Sign up for the free webinar workshop, May 17th and 18th, Rooted. I really look forward to seeing you out there. The better prepared we are, far less likely we are to find ourselves in that serious world of hurt that we see unfolding all around us. God bless and strengthen you. We'll see you soon. Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman, and a recurring guest, Dr. Professor, Mr. Amazing himself, Dan Schneider, is with us. We just had him on recently, but we had to get him back on for this episode because we are entering into a decisive battle. This is a, this is a serious spiritual D-Day. We think that the month of June is going to be monumental very important, and even the months to follow. But June is a very important and special month. We'll break down why. Before we do all that, of course, everything needs to begin with prayer, and we always let Father Heilman take care of that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls amen in the name of the father the son the holy spirit amen i want to thank everybody out there who have been so supportive so encouraging with what we're doing here with the us grace force podcast and everything that we're trying to do with the us grace force your your support is amazing i can't thank you enough for that um i want to comment got the ireland hat here going by the way me and saint patrick we're we're brothers we got some you know, friendship going there. People wonder why I wear the Ireland hat. It's because my family heritage goes back to Ireland. That's why. Okay. A land where there have been battle after battle. Uh, the stories are incredible. And we are going to be talking about battle tonight. So we need to be that warrior minded individual. We need to understand what it is to spiritually put everything in God's hands and take this to a whole nother level because there are some very decisive things happening right now in our world. If you want to help support the work that we do, obviously your prayers are absolutely monumentally important, but you can also go out to Patreon, the link in the description below, and you can support us by becoming a patron. You know, a few dollars here, a few dollars there is a tremendous help to what we're trying to do here. We have to get this message out. We are looking at the time frame of everything happening in our world and things are getting sketchier by the day. So 
please consider, prayerfully consider helping support us through Patreon. But of course, your prayers, please, please pray for what we're doing with the U.S. Grace Force and all those that would hear this message. Hopefully, by the grace of God, we can we can rally together and become more of an alliance of, of good, holy, godly men and women from all parts of the world and step up into this battle the way God calls us to. I also want to encourage you to go on out to our U.S. Grace Force official gear page. We got t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, the whole nine yards. Great way to also get the message out and support the work that we're doing. Thank you, everybody who does that. Tonight, we've got, again, a recurring guest, Dr. Dan Schneider. Do, do we call you a doctor? I mean, you are a theologian. Is it okay to call you a doctor? What yeah, do you call I, you? I, that's, it was a uh, blood, sweat, and tears earned title, so you're welcome <laughs> to use it. <laughs> okay. Well, so, that's all I need. You know, Dr. Dre, uh, um, there's several of doctors that are, uh, come, you know, Dr. Dre, Dr. I'm trying to think, Dr. Seuss. Uh, Dr. Schneider. So, yeah. I've been called a lot worse. Let me put it that way. All right. Well, Dan's got great history. You're, you you got the military background. You flew attack helicopters in the first Gulf War. You understand the idea of combat. You have been there. You know that. And you've been in spiritual combat, and you are still doing that. You're constantly telling me stories. You know, and when you come on the air, you talk to us all about the stories that you've that you can talk about and to what degree you can talk about them of, of spiritual battles working with exorcists. Of course, father Chad Ripperger is, is uh, a very close friend of yours and you work very much with him. Just a phenomenal um, array of experiences you have, Dan, and it's great to have you back on. I mean, it's never enough hearing you tell the stories of what you go through and what you've been through and the title. And we, we, we really battled coming up with a title for this. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to bring this out to people that something we all feel is, is getting closer. Uh, there's something, I've heard the word imminent be used by several people I've been talking with who are very spiritual minded. And I'm talking about faithful priests like Father Heilman, you know, Father Altman, um, you know, Father Mike Leitner and others that we've talked with extensively uh, and many others out there, laymen and priests alike, who feel that there's something heavy, not of anxiety or panic, but there's something heavy going on right now and something imminent with regards to the way the shift of the battle is taking place. And so we wanted to get you on, Dan, and talk a little bit about this, this decisive moment, obviously springboarding off of what happened with the Roe v. Wade leak that came out of the Supreme Court. And that's supposed to be officially released, that decision, that vote in June, but there are many other things as well. But before we get into the June breakdown, because Father, I really want Father to run down, Father, connect the dots over here. I love it. Um, and we were talking earlier today about this, a lot happening in June, but Dan, give us your take on just the idea without giving too much away this early on in the podcast, the fact that when the enemy knows they're going to be outed in some way, they, they shift. You talk about them shifting with regards to the battle. And you saw this in the first Gulf war. Can you break that down a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about it earlier today. Um, I have a good friend who was uh, one of the lead, he was the lead tank platoon leader uh, that went into Kuwait. And uh, I, was a, I was a helicopter pilot, so we had a bird's eye view of, all, of, of a very large, one of the largest tank battles in, in military history. And so um, battle, battle back in, in the first uh, uh, Gulf War, battle back in Iraq then was very linear. In fact, the, 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 the enemy dug in, they dug, they did some trench warfare. It was very much defined on the battlefield. And uh, my friend that was with the second, uh, second armor division, he, he had told me story, a story that 
what they would see the enemy that when they saw the Iraqi tanks, now these were, these were Iraqi T-72s. These were, these were the top of the line Soviet equipment at the time um, that they were up against. And he said that they were knocking off Iraqi tanks and the, the, and the Iraqi tanks were still scanning the horizon, looking for the American, the American tanks, meaning that our opt there, our ballistics could even out, out distance their optics. So, you know, it was it was an absolute disaster for the Iraqi tanks uh, and, and the armor uh, because they had they had no no chance against um, the the American the tank. I mean, the M60 tank, the M60A1 tank, can go 65 miles an hour and fire on the run. The tanks that the Iraqis had had to stop. They had to come to a complete stop before they and before they could turn and fire. I mean, the, the technology difference was unbelievable. Plus the training, etc. I just what? want to, let me interrupt real quick, just for the, you know, for the lay person out there who doesn't understand military terminology at all. And I don't understand it as much as you do, obviously, but you'd explain this to me earlier. The ballistics that the U.S. has right. outshoots or outdoes the optics, which means that they can't see you. And by the time they might, there's already missiles coming inbound on them. Right. They, they couldn't even see our tanks. With their optics, but our ballistics could go further than their optics. Right. Our missiles, our, our tank rounds could go further than what their what their high the highest tech that they had optics. You know their that's, optics, yeah, their, you know, uh, night goggles or day goggles, whatever kind of goggles mm. and optics they had. We could we could shoot them before they could even see us. So mm. it didn't go well for them, as as we know history history has shown us. It didn't go well at all for the Iraqis. So what did they do? They pull back. They take off the uniforms. They go into the streets, they hide behind women and children, they blend into the civilian population, and they make us go door to door to fight them. The guys that went after us, these brave men and women that went in, uh, um, especially the guys early on in the early 2000s um, that went in, the Marines and, and the Army, uh, uh, the CAV and other units that went in, door to door, being walked into kill zones. So they would set up kill zones to where the, they knew they had to dismount. And when they got into this meeting, they would go by foot and they would try to draw them in and they would they would funnel them in into kill zones to kill as many of the American soldiers as possible. If the if the Iraqis and, and, and the bad guys could figure that out, certainly um, the devil has figured that out. So the head to head tank to tank battle with Christ in the church, the devil has no chance. And the battlefield is now shifting. It's shifting. It's becoming asymmetrical. It's becoming it's becoming urban. And urban warfare, and this is what we're seeing now. We're seeing a really, a really uh, um, nasty trend in our political system that the, that the political battlefield is shifting, becoming uh, very asymmetrical as well. And we see you're seeing the spiritual elements behind it. So the enemy knows, and he's going to shift and do what he's got to do. If he can't fight us in tank battles, then he's going to then he's going to try to fight us and make us fight door to door, make us fight a spirit a guerrilla warfare conflict. So we we need to to have the skills and tap into the resources of the church to do the type of spiritual battle that needs to take place over the next several years to, to, to do everything we possibly can to bring as many souls into Christ and to, and to help our, to, to help our fellow Catholics around the world. It almost sounds like it, what you're describing is the enemy is not using traditional warfare and in essence is cheating. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're doing something that, you know, isn't commonly done in warfare and we have to now work around this kind of uh, cheating that's going on. And I, I honestly, as I'm listening to you, I, I, 
I feel like that's what we've been doing for at least last few years is seeing, um, you know, the enemy and by enemy, I just mean those who oppose the will of God, mm. you know, those, those who are standing directly opposed to the will of God, that they're the enemy. They're in league then with Satan and, 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 and what Satan wants rather than what God wants. And, and, uh, and it's, it's hard you know, what you're describing, Dan, it's, it's hard to pin them down because uh, again, they're, they're using uncommon or untraditional or, or cheating ways of warfare. Is it, am I tracking right or? Yeah, I, you're, you're, you're tracking correctly. We have two elements at play. So in the spiritual battle that's taking place um, in the cosmos, so to speak, when the spiritual battle is taking place, there are very, very set rules of engagement that the demon doesn't want us to know. The very first rule of engagement is the rule of authority. You know, the, the, remember, the, the demon is going to yield or not yield. He's not going to yield based on, on, on um, good argumentation or he's not going to yield on, on uh, um, somebody with a Ph.D. or somebody with experience or charism. The demon's going to yield or not yield for three basic things. He's going to go down his checklist. And that checklist, he's going to first ask, does this person have requisite authority over the person, the place, or the object? Does this person have authority? He doesn't want us to know the rules of authority. So, so asserting as, as head of household, asserting your authority as, as, as a pastor, as a priest of the living God, asserting that spiritual authority is the first, the, the first rule of engagement to get the demon to yield. Number two is, what is the state of grace or the state of merit? If you're not in a state of grace and you're trying to assert spiritual authority, you're not going to move, move the needle. You're not going to move the demon. And finally, this is very important, it's specificity in prayer. What exactly is the person asking for this is why we see different reactions to different types of holy water as being blessed different reactions to different prayers or different saints what is being invoked um does the person have requisite authority what is the state of great and the merit of their prayer and do they have requisite i mean what are specifically asking so learning now to change the change our, our way of doing spiritual combat to 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 know that uh, um, being specific in how we pray, stay in your lane and work in those areas where God has where God has called you. Now, on the political realm, you know this stuff was introduced in the '60s, uh, and, and and then in the '70s, uh, President Obama, Hillary Clinton, they studied a man by the name of Saul Alinsky. Oh yeah, and he wrote a book called Rules for Radicals, and he and 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 all, everything you're seeing being played out today by yep. the progressive political left is straight out of Saul Alinsky's playbook. And he wrote this book. Now, think about it. We talk about the cosmic, what's happening behind the scenes. Saul Alinsky, an atheist, right, writes this book on, on how, to, how, to, how to bring radical change, right, in our country. And he dedicates this book, book to Lucifer, the first radical. Right. So we're dealing with a Luciferian system, a Luciferian mindset that we only can come back with spiritual authority, the authority of the church and the spiritual weapons. That's the only way we're going to come back and really combat this. Yeah. You know, I know as we were, we've been talking and, you know, father, you and I, we have our conversations normally early in the day when we're figuring out, you know, how, where we want to go with the show. And, and uh, Dan's always a favorite for us to call on, but especially under these circumstances, what we saw last week. And I remember we were recording our podcast last week, father, when I, I saw this, come over the news and right. on my other monitor. And I thought, well, we were at the end. So it's not like I could jump on it and say anything. We need to see it play out and see if it was actually true that this leak came out of the Supreme court and that Roe v. Wade looked like it was going to be overturned. And officially this was supposed to come out in June. And anybody who's been paying attention to this knows, you know, following up on, on the case that was going to bring this out and, and have this issue, have this decision come forward. 
So here we are at this moment, and immediately the uproar was massive. Now, some were, you know, more, call it right or left, whatever you want, but let's say more on the right, we were saying, hey, the Supreme Court leaked something. This shows that there's damage in the Supreme Court. There's a problem with the highest court in the land if, this, if a decision can be leaked early on. Now, those on more of the left, we'll call it, we'll say the pro-abortion side. The pro-abortion side was saying, wait a minute, how dare you even think you're going to overturn Roe? What do you think? Well, what about the leak? No, no, no. No, we got to look at the, the fact that women aren't going to have this so-called reproductive health care and that doctors could get into trouble legally if they perform an abortion. Plus, they know that there's, what, 20, some 25 states, give or take, that already have trigger laws in place, it's how it's referred roughly, that if this goes through, half of the country approximately changes, like, fast. And that's a big deal. And I think immediately when I saw this, and I'd like both of you to comment. I know, Father, we've got to run down this, this list that you've put together because you've got some amazing what's going to happen in June list here. So audience, stay with us. Um, this is not just a teaser type of thing, but there's a lot to unpack here. But my immediate reaction, and Dan, maybe you can hit this first and then, then you know, Father, jump on after this, is the retaliation came to mind. Now, we heard this from Father Ripperger when he's been on. You've talked about it, that the demons retaliate when they're about to get kicked out in an exorcism. They retaliate when they lose ground. I think about back in World War II, there was a particular German officer who was very close confidant of Adolf Hitler, Reinhard Heydrich, and he was assassinated. They tried to assassinate him. He didn't die right away, but he died from his injuries You know, a little while later. This guy, when he dies, Hitler says, I want to find out where the assassins came from and when he found the village where they came from he said i want the village removed from the map the village of lidice literally and so they filmed this with the nazis going in and they actually tore down all the buildings they rounded up all the men killed them or sent them off the camps all the women were sent off the camps the children were sent off or killed and it was complete utter destruction of the entire town the entire town they even rerouted the river going through the town. He wanted it literally removed from the map in retaliation for the assassination of one person. Now, Dan, your comment on the diabolical, because I, I still contend that these demons that tempted people like Hitler to do something so unbelievably dark and evil as many of the things he did during World War II were dark and evil. But something on that level, to remove an entire town from the map round up the people, kill the people, slaughter the children, you name it. Those demons are still alive. They, they don't go away. And my yeah, concern... They didn't, they didn't retire. They yeah, didn't they didn't retire. They're not, yeah. sitting out, they're not sitting out there playing chess, you know, over, to, over the, 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 the demon shady acres in the corner of hell with a little green spot over there. <laughs> exactly, they're, right. Beings. They're going to right. militate until... And they're going to militate until the lake of fire. They're going to militate until, until the second coming of Christ. So, so, so talk, talk about the concern, and, and Father and I have talked about this, you know, just the concern that the retaliation of the diabolical, this is losing a big, a big chunk of ground. If half the states go to these trigger laws and a lot of abortion is going to be outlawed immediately, it goes basically, it goes back to the states and the states make the decision. But the retaliation of the diabolical for losing ground in these areas, taking away, as, you know, Father's going to explain in a moment here, the sacrament of the left, you know, the, you know, going back to the old Testament and the offering of children to the false gods. I don't even want to say the name, but we get it. Um, Dan, what about the retaliation of the diabolical in cases like this, in your opinion? Well, they're, in, going, in your they're, fact? Going, they're going to continue to push. Uh, the demons are going to do what they're going to do. They are the most, they are the most ordered 
uh, structured, bound to their structure uh, uh, um, creature in the cosmos. They're going to do what they're what they were designed to do, and in well, they were designed to do good. They're going to militate against that in an inverted way. So whatever they were created and their created nature before their fall, they're going to continue to militate against that. And they're not going to stop. So we have to just we we have to just keep grinding it out. This is why I I, I use the phrase smash mouth Catholicism. We just have to grind it out through the ancient. We're finding an ancient weapon. We need to dig down into the ancient. Uh, uh, we find an ancient enemy. We need to dig into the to the to the arsenal. We got to go down to the armory. We got to dig into the to in, into the open up the arsenal of the Catholic Church and go and get the ancient weapons out. And 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 these we know we don't like them, but there are things like prayer, fasting, uh, voluntary sacrifices, um, the, the, the 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 living out the message of the gospel. Our Lady has told us on several occasions we need. She wants her children to fast, to fast for the world, to fast for sinners. To, to offer our sacrifices, doing ancient weapons, you're doing spiritual judo on the enemy when 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 you're when you're doing when you're offering up your suffering for others. It's very quiet, it's very subtle, but it's a very powerful weapon. In addition to, of course, the sacraments, first and foremost, saying in a state of grace, going to confession. Um, but the demon, the demon's gonna, as we see it already, um, you know, think about it. W one year ago, the entire sacramental system was shut down worldwide. Um, and only only rebel priests were, were getting the sacraments uh, to the faithful. The really faithful priests were getting the sacraments out there. So, and again, this this thing, uh, this this um, this leaked memo, if it's true, and it seems to be, it's it. You know, kudos and hats off to to all those pro-lifers for years. I had two 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 individuals got two funerals this week that I'll be going to. Um, both of them were were hardcore pro-lifers who fought to the very end and never got to see this come into being. But now they're 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 up and uh, uh, finishing off the, the the scrubbing in purgatory, looking down and praying for us and we for them, seeing the, this beautiful thing, the potential that's out there. But this is by far is this not the end? In fact, if anything, when I saw the headline, I thought, oh boy, it was like when you when you reach down and tie your shoes because you know the fight's coming because that's that that's I think where we're at. Yeah. You know the fight's coming. That that's a good setup for. I want to share what happened to me last week. So, um, and and I shared this with uh, some of this with you guys before we started uh, taping tonight. But um, it, this this actually was last Wednesday, and it was right after this uh, leak occurred. And I'm sitting in my. I call it my prayer box now, but uh, I offer adoration for 30 minutes after every mass now on the weekdays, and then I climb into the confessional and just make sure. Uh, anybody that wants to go to confession is there. So there I am in the confessional and uh, no phones, nobody tapped me on the shoulder, no distractions, right? So, uh, and I've been advocating everybody, to, you know, really works at mental prayer where that, well, that's my place where I'm just isolated with God and, and have that time. So I'm there and I'm, I speak the words, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And it was one of those moments where it just started coming so fast but uh, what was coming? That we are facing uh, a uh, watershed moment, I think, coming up, and I think in June. Now, uh, what do I mean by that? Well, think of the things that are the two most important things to Satan. The first would be the sacrifice of babies. You know, this goes to Baal and Malak, right? The sacrifice of babies to Satan. Since 1973, 
I think the number is 1.2 billion. That's before we start considering abortifacients. 1.2 billion under our watch. Now, in June, well, let me say this first. That was sanctioned by one of the most revered and trusted institutions, the Supreme Court of the United States. So that many hearts in America went, well, if the Supreme Court, you know, says it's legal and fine. So it got normalized virtually overnight because of that decision. In June, they're looking at rethinking and turning, overturning that decision. All of a sudden, you're taking away from the minds and hearts of the American people this trusted, revered institution. And, and the turn is going toward God and toward protecting those babies. I understand it's going to states, all this stuff, but they're losing the most trusted institution. That's huge, okay? Imagine how Satan, how mad Satan is about that. So that started coming. And then the other is that, you know, we, we got a report back in August 5th, 2019, that we're down to 30% that believe that that's Jesus on the altar any longer. I mean, it's a crisis, but it doesn't seem like we've been treating it as a crisis until now, three years later, when the bishops, praise God, decided we're going to go into a three-year Eucharistic revival to try to grow that number from 30% to as close to 100% as we can get. So the greatest gift ever given, Jesus came to earth, he died, he, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, but he left us his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. You don't think Satan hates that more than anything else? And we're about to go into a three-year revival to grow the belief in the real presence. I mean, he used hippie liturgists or whatever he did to get us where we are right now, but we're, we're about to enter in. So the two most important things to Satan are turning toward God in June. And I keep saying, imagine how mad Satan is right now. You know what this feels like? And this is one, this is what clicked to me in my prayer box last Wednesday, which by the way, was May the 4th, may the 4th be with you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it, I thought that was kind of cool too, but, um, but what, what, what clicked for me was uh, Pentecost, mo the date moves every year, um, because it's always 50 days from Easter and, and, uh, Easter moves, but anyways, it lands on J June 5th this year. And I thought, wait a minute, June 6th, that's the day that we recall one of the greatest battles in all of American history of all the world history. When what happened? Allied forces decided we're done with this evil Hitler regime. We're going in. We're going to go toward the bullets. We're going to get strong and we are going to get united and we're going in. And they stormed the beaches of Normandy on June 6, 1944. This year, we commemorate that date the day after we received the power of God. And I'm telling people, I said, believe in that power. Open your heart as far as you can. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come in. Because you know what? On June 6th, and I love this term that grew out of 9-11, uh, uh, let's roll, okay? And and what are we doing? We're, we're, we're going to revive the Holy Eucharist, and we're going to save babies with this Supreme Court decision. I don't know. I just think, and, and I'll close with this, imagine how mad Satan is. The battle is on. That's that's why I think we're facing 
one of the most decisive spiritual spiritual battles of all time. We're calling it on, on this uh, podcast the spiritual D-Day for us. I th I think this is e enormous. Can, can you we and I, this is the bigger reason we wanted you on, Dan, because you know you have such great experience in physical warfare, but now in spiritual warfare. And can you comment on on, uh, on what I just shared there? No, I think you're absolutely right, Father. I, I think, uh, we're, especially in the month of June, right? There, we love to say, we always say in the ministry that there is no, there are no coincidences. That things seem to work out according. They seem to, they, they, things fall in line the way they should. Certain people have manifestations on certain feast days, right? Uh, you know, it just happens. The demons track and follow the liturgical calendar. They're bound by it. They were created to serve. God, according to his according to his entire plan of salvation, which includes the liturgical calendar of the church. But look at right. look at some of the feast days in June. You got the feast of the Holy Trinity. You've got Pentecost. You've got Corpus Christi. Right. You've got the Sacred Heart. You've got the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You've got the feast of, of, of Saints Peter and Paul. You've got early martyrs. I mean, you you've you've got it. You've got what we would call in the military a force multiplier. These right. are things. These are things that that. When all things are equal on the battlefield, these are things that will multiply the force and give you a greater edge in battle, um, tapping into the liturgical calendar. So you may be onto something, Father, because there's there's a there's a there's a lot going on in the calendar in the month of June. If we if we'll just watch John the Baptist, another one, um, you know the the voice of one crying out, "Make straight the path of the Lord." The, the, I mean, we got a great month ahead of us, and so uh, I, again, I was you were explaining. Um, your time in the box, I was thinking about what St. Faustina said. She said, if angels could be could have envy, if they could envy humans, they would envy us for two things. One is our, our ability to suffer, and two, our ability to receive Holy Communion, to receive right. our Lord bodily. That's amazing, because they, they, they have no body. So their, their union with Christ is a willful union. It's an intellectual union. It's the perfect union. It's a perennial union, but it's not bodily. They can't suffer. They can't. They can't show Jesus how much they love Him by offering their suffering up to with and to Jesus. They can't. They can't have an, the intimate bodily uh, uh, relationship with Jesus and receive Him in the in, in the Holy Eucharist. So I think you're absolutely right. I think we're looking at uh, um, potentially an early springtime of, of a Eucharistic renewal. I think the bishops are tracking correctly on this. Perhaps even. Uh, um, you know, I, I've even read some speculation on what is the the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, where we're returning to the a, a Eucharistic centrality in the lives of Christians, that the Eucharist becomes the center of our faith, yes. not just something we do that makes us feel better, or we right. do it because it's a symbol of our unity. This is Christ. This is our union with him, our intimacy with him. This is the foretaste, the foretaste of our everlasting life. So I think you're, I think you're tracking straight up, Father. Yeah. Dan, I, I want to throw this in. Um, and I, Father and I are on the same page when it comes to this stuff. We talk so much about these things and have for, you know, several years now, just kind of watching things unfold. And, you know, we talk obviously the podcast every week and, and uh, very much on the same page. Um, but I want to throw a little something in too, because we hear conversation about, as you just mentioned, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart promised by Our Lady. There are a number of people out there over the years who will come up and say, well, you know, it's going to be great. The triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart. It will be. Um, and even when we talked to Father Ripperger a while back, I, I threw out, uh, Father, will there be a problem, struggle, chaos, collateral damage, you name it, whatever you want to refer to it as, as this triumph happens? 
because there are a lot of people who just simply want to say that we just got to write it out and then she's going to come in and clean everything up and we're going to be unscathed. You know, we're not going to have to deal with anything. And Father Ripperger's response was, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to get it's going to get rough because of the diabolical's response. Like you said, they're going to shift the battlefield. They're going to keep fighting. They're going to create the IUDs. And, and imagine how angry he is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Roadside bombs, the whole nine yards. Um, it, it'll, it'll humorous point to this is after talking about Marian prophecies, you know, Fatima, Akita, Rwanda, um, all the warnings that Our Lady gave that there'd be a second world war, for example, July 13th, 1917, about 21 years later, roughly, you know, the Blitzkrieg begins by Hitler. 1984, approximately, um, no, 82, forgive me, 1982, approximately, is when the Blessed Mother shows the visions of the Rwandan genocide to the, uh, some of the teenagers. Uh, of the three that had received the apparitions in Rwanda or Kabiho. 12 years later, when the president of Rwanda's plane is shot down, the genocide just explodes within 24 hours. And within 90 days, nearly a million people are slaughtered in the most brutal manner a person can imagine. Just, just off the rails, cruelty, um, sexual assault, uh, babies being you know, cut out of women's wombs, everything I didn't want to get into detail on. Now you look at those things and, and I don't want to be, you know, the term Debbie Downer, I, you know, I've been called that before. Um, actually I've been called the messenger of mayhem by my own children. They were, <laughs> they were in the back of the car. We're driving in the road one day and my sons were having fun. Dad, the messenger of mayhem, the conveyor <laughs> of chaos, the, uh, the heralder of havoc. All I've tried to do is point out what the blessed mother has said, what she's shown us and what has happened. So, Dan, all that being said, your take on the triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart. I know you don't know the mind of God, um, but you are a theologian, and you're, you're, you're just pretty darn smart, my friend. Um, what, what do you think about, you know, the average Christian out there, the average Catholic in particular, who says, yeah, Mary's Immaculate Heart will triumph, and we're going to be fine, but not realize that this could get unbelievably chaotic in the process you know yep. father as you had said the civil war which took what between 600 and i think 20,000 and 700 and some thousand before they counted civilians is that were those numbers right father yeah that's right yeah but from the civil war we we found the end of slavery and and you know we went through that war and there was a lot of death a lot of chaos um let, we, let me just interject real quick yeah. because you're right that's another piece of what i was receiving is you know, the Civil War, 1854, which, by the way, was when my parish was uh, established. Uh, also, um, there was a movement uh, to to unify everybody because they were sick and tired of devaluing human beings so that you own another person. And so they said, enough of this. And so they united together. And what came out of that was Abraham Lincoln. And the, and the month after Abraham Lincoln was made president, the, the Battle of Sumter uh, was uh, I think I did that right? Was was uh, was inaugurated by the South, okay, and and the, the Civil War started. And you're, you're right, six hundred twenty mm -hmm. to seven hundred fifty thousand before you start counting the civilians uh, to try to free free, uh, free slaves. So why do I why do I bring up that era? Because the the horror of saying a, a person can own another person. I mean, can it get worse than that? Oh, yes, it can. Uh, we can kill babies, you know, for our advantage or whatever. Uh, we, 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 we have the right, we have the, here we go, the right, okay, Air to quotes. kill babies. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, like, like they, we have the right to own another person. I mean, it gets normalized and all of a sudden everybody just goes shopping and golfing and no big deal, but that's shifting in June. That's shifting in June. Mm. And there's a, there's a great unified force like there was in 1854. Okay. That's coming together and saying, we, it's been 49 years. It's been 1.2 billion children worldwide and enough. And, and we are not allowing this any longer. And so it, th that's why your amazing um, documentary coming up, Doomed to Repeat It, Doug, mm. is so important. And by the way, the, it's, it's being, uh, can, I, can we announce the date? Or yeah, we can it? now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, it's being launched on June 25th, which is the day after the Feast of the Sacred Heart this year. It lands on June 24th, which is the birthday of John the Baptist and also my birthday. And your birthday, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> but but you can, you can you see all this stuff coming together? Doomed to repeat it. We don't want to be doomed to repeat right. something like owning, uh, normalizing the ownership of another human being. Oh, wait, worse yet normalizing the killing of precious little babies, innocent mm -hmm. babies. So mm -hmm. th that's, I, I'm sorry to interrupt Doug, but I, I just wanted to get that piece in. I think it's so much like that right now. Right. This is crunch time. This is crunch right. time. You could even throw in World War II. You mean you're putting Jewish people in concentration camps and burning mm -hmm. them alive? Mm -hmm. We're done with that. We're going to join an allied force and we're coming at you. We're coming mm -hmm. at the bullets. We're coming at the beaches of Normandy. That's where I believe we are going into june it's going to get bloody like it was in the civil war like it was in the beaches of normandy but we need to do this but victory is on our on our side i believe that right 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 dan yeah your take dan on what father and i both said i mean the triumph of mary's immaculate heart but yeah we june also covers these other areas um that uh this the lining up of this is uncanny it is. Um, and we didn't even throw in there the Garabandel prophecy that a pope would visit Moscow. And oh, yeah. when, he when he returns from Moscow to the Vatican, there would be upheaval in civil war, not civil war, but upheaval in, in revolution violence in parts of Europe. Many democratic countries would fall to communism due to Russia. And Pope Francis just recently announced that he wants to go visit Moscow. And potentially, if it happens, it is in June or July. So there's a lot here. That and we could unpack this for another three hours. By the way, everybody, this is a three-hour podcast tonight, just in case. <laughs> okay, maybe not. No, no, no. We'll still keep it to an hour. But Dan, your take on these things, Father, and I just said, especially the fact that the triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart is going to happen without a doubt. She has promised that. We we rely on that. We look forward to that. But the, the chaos that normally happens when this type of battle takes place. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, and people will say, "Oh, this the triumph is coming." This, I, I, I don't, I don't think we get off that easy. I think we're still in the very early stages. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a prophet. Um, but yeah, the it, battle's it, beginning almost. Yeah, the battle's just beginning. Yeah, and this Roe v. Wade is it for the first time uh, since since Roe v. Wade. Um, for the last several years, the majority of Americans are are against abortion. Um, so we're seeing a real shift and people are beginning to awaken. People of all faiths are starting to realize that this is not good for humanity. It's not good for, 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 for people to go through this. But, uh, but if you read, again, I think we look at, uh, we mentioned Akita, um, the, the approved apparitions of Our Lady in Japan in 1973. Yes. A lot of these predictions, this is, this is Akita is, is to me in, in my reading, um, 
this is this is this is a follow-up. This is Fatima 2.0. This is you didn't listen, and th now we need to get sterner yep. in, in the warnings. Um, the work of the devil will infiltrate even to the church in such a way that one will see cardinal opposing cardinal, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres. Canceled priests. Go ahead. I got an email yep. from, from a good friend who got canceled this week. Um, the, for, for, for preaching the truth, who can right. receive communion uh, and for offering uh, reverent masses, marriage, yeah. you know, I, I just want to interrupt real quick, Dan, cause we were talking about this earlier too. And I've said this before, but while I was in seminary in the eighties, I watched at least two guys. If I, that's my recollection who were, uh, asked to leave the seminary because they got caught having a devotion to the blessed mother that was yeah. considered fanatical at that time. Yeah. And if that isn't the, the if that isn't Akita all over again, I don't know what. And th and yeah. that happened what seven years after Akita or or ten whatever it was uh, when I was in seminary in the eighties. It, it it was happened that fast, but it's continuing to happen today. As we see, you look at the cancel priests. What is their crime? Okay, it's not pedophilia or anything. It's offering a sacred mass that's considered divisive, and it's speaking the truth. That's considered divisive. Okay. I mean, right. these are holy, holy men. I just watched it. I, I just heard of another one that uh, he's being asked to go to the basically the, the priest funny farm uh, when he does, there's nothing wrong with them. And if he doesn't go, it's a, it's a re education camp that they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. And if he doesn't go, then he's going to lose his faculties, as yeah. Bishop says. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just happening over and over again. Yeah. But Dan, but, there's but that's and, a key to, and there's even more in that Akita. Is that that's yeah. where she talks about the fire? Well, the demon will be especially, especially implacable against souls consecrated to God. Right. The thought of the loss of so many souls is the cause of my sadness. If sin, if sins increase in number and gravity, there will no longer be pardon for them. This is consistent, by the way, with Saint Alphonsus Liguori, doctor of the church. Right. Um, very, very, very stern homilies of Saint Alphonsus, who is really the, the modern. Uh, in, the, in modern times, at least in the last several centuries, uh, the, who really has formed um, Catholic moral theology. Yeah. Um, well, his title, his title is the doctor. He's a doctor of the church. As you said, he, he's the doctor of theology, I believe is his title, in fact. <laughs> no, he is. That's what, that's what I, that's what I yeah, read. Yeah. That's, that's well, his title. Moral theology is sort of the, his, his shtick, yeah. Well, remember, he's the doctor of the church. I'm just a doctor in the church, okay? Um, pray very much <laughs> the prayers of the rosary. I alone am able to save you from the calamities which approach. Those who place their confidence in me will be saved, right? When, um, as I told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It will be a punishment far greater uh, than the deluge, such as never been seen before. Fire will fall from the sky and wipe out a great... Uh, part of humanity, the good as well as the bad. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary uh, left by my son. Each day, recite the prayers of the rosary with the rosary. Pray for the Pope, the bishops, and priests. She's asking us to continue to pray for the church because it's the church. This is the battle of Amalek. Remember that from, from um, I think it's in, in, towards the end of Genesis, Moses would raise his arms up, right? Right. Right. Moses raises his arms up. The lay people, our job is to go into the battlefield. We're the ones going into culture. We're the ones, that these, these God love these pro-lifers that are out there on the street corner, these, these 40 days for life. These guys are, these guys are tip of the spear fighting this. They've been fighting it for a generation, two generations now. The, the church, father, our bishops, raise their hands up, right? 
then right. the monastic life, the monks and the, the Carmelites and the Benedictines, the Adoration Sisters, hold up the priestly hands as they offer the Eucharist to God. Right. And Doug and me and the rest of the, uh, the, the grunts are out into the battlefield doing smash mouth Catholicism, fighting the enemy. So long as Father keeps his arms right. raised up like Moses, we're victorious. This is, the, this is an image of the church. And we have to recapture this, this, this Catholic imagination and understand this is how we're going to win the battle. This is why we must pray for our priests. Pray that their arms stay elevated. Pray for the purification of the church. We deal with cases, you know, of a diabolic affliction. We tell them, offer your suffering up for the church. Offer it up for your bishop. Offer it up for your pastor. You want to drive the demon crazy? Offer your suffering up for the church. Dan, I, I want to jump in real quick on this. You, you're talking about Our Lady of Akita. And, and when you mentioned where she said it that, and it was the last apparition, which was October 13th, 1973, mm -hmm. which... For those who are not familiar with that, that is the anniversary of the miracle of the sun in Fatima, October 13th. And that's when she talks about fire falling from the sky, which if you go back to Fatima, fire was spinning in the sky. And a lot of people were, I mean, they're staring at the sun. They're not burning their eyes. And I ask all over the country at different presentations, who here in the church or in the hall has seen the miracle of the sun without burning your eyes? And there's always someone who raises their hand. You know, usually it's a half dozen or more. Right, and people are seeing this now as if God is still trying to remind us, hey, Fatima and this whole miracle of the sun is not over. It's still hopefully, I think it's to keep us connected with the whole warnings that came from there. But the statue, well, let me back up. You mentioned that she said, The cause of my great suffering is the loss of so many souls. For people who are not familiar enough with Akita, um, I'm gonna put a link in the description below. They can go out. I have a YouTube video that actually addresses the whole Akita messages and so forth. But there's a wooden statue there, and it's the image of Our Lady of All Nations, which was another apparition that took place in Amsterdam with a woman named Ida Perdeman back in the late 40s and early 50s. But here you have a statue of Our Lady of All Nations in the convent in Akita, where Sister Agnes is experiencing these apparitions from Our Lady. And that statue has three incredibly miraculous things that happened to it. One, for several weeks, there was a wound in the hand, like a stigmata. It bled. And when the doctors, uh, I'm sorry, when, when independent laboratories studied it, it was found to be human blood. It lasted for several weeks. And in the other hand, the opposite hand of Sister Agnes, she received a stigmata, both in the shape of a cross on the statue and on the hand of Sister Agnes. It lasted about the same time. In addition to that, the statue of Our Lady of All Nations in the convent in Akita during these apparitions perspired. And when it perspired, it smelled like perfume. And it wept, wept tears. Now, the perspiration and tears were also both analyzed and also came back as being human. Now, before we began, you were talking, Dan, about someone who was, who was going to be investigating a weeping statue, and they seemed to be excited about it. And I remember you saying, there's a reason why statues weep, why there are miraculous statues that weep. And it's not just, wow, this is great. This is amazing. This statue wept. There's a message coming through them. Can you emphasize that for the people, for the audience, yeah, yeah. for all so of us? We had, a, we had in our diocese in one of the remote areas, there was a statue that was allegedly weeping. And people are very excited. Wow, we're on the map. There's a weeping statue. Isn't it great? There's mystical phenomenon. People are so hungry for some sort of emotional satisfaction through mystical phenomenon. We have to just be content with the ancient weapons, with the ancient weapons, prayer, fasting, these these things that these things that have been de defeating the enemy 
from the beginning. So he, he was very excited. He was going to be on the investigative committee. He said, isn't it great? And I said, I don't think you really know enough about the Marian messages. When the mother of God weeps, it's not a good thing. She's weeping because of the loss of souls, because of the sins of her children and the calamities that which may be ensuing. These are, th this is not a good thing. And so the statue of Akita wept for, for, for many years um, and she was weeping for the loss of souls, weeping, you know, weeping for the loss of souls. And what does she say? Um, Many men in this world afflict the Lord. I desire souls to console him, to soften the anger of the heavenly father. I wish with my son for souls who were repaired, repair by their suffering and their poverty for the sinners and ingrates. Offering, um, offer reparation, whatever God may send for sins. Let each one endeavor according to the capacity and petition to offer herself entirely to the Lord. She's speaking to the sisters here. Offering themselves as an oblation, offer themselves uh, um, you know, to, 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 in reparation, um, offering their sufferings up to, to God for, for the suffering and the loss of souls, for sins of the blasphemies, etc. This is just a completion of the Fatima message. And I think we're living in the early times now um, uh, of the message of Akita. Most people aren't even aware of it. So we need, we need, but again, just like we fought with modern weapons, with, with ballistics, with, with, with tanks, with Apache helicopters, with, with smart bombs, right? Night vision goggles. And what did the enemy do? He drug us into the house to house, street fighting, hand to hand combat, the ancient weapons, the ancient battle. This is what happened with our enemy in Iraq. And this is what the enemy is doing to us. So we've got to learn how to fight the ancient weapons, right? The ancient weapons, which is prayer. Stay in a state of grace. Know how to pray. Learn how to pray. Good spiritual warfare prayers. Be joyful in your, in your vocation. Live within your vocation. Offer sacrifices. When Our Lady gave the rosary to St. Dominic, which is interesting, she didn't say, this is a prayer that is very sweet, that if you happen to be um, an ethnic grandma, you should pray this prayer every day. <laughs> and this is for ethnic grandmas. Right. She said, you know, my son, what sort of weapon this is for this warfare, for this battle. This yeah. is a battering ram. Yeah. Right. The yeah. rosary is one of the ancient weapons because it uses our minds, our imagination, our, our, our will all comes together in mental prayer, which becomes like a weapon, a battering ram, right? Mm. A battering ram against evil. And this is what we, we have to arm ourselves with the rosary. So you emphasis, know, I, emphasis. It's not just for grandmas. Excellent. Point. Just right. for grandmas. <laughs> I, along with uh, you guys and many others knew that this year was going to be possibly a watershed moment. And I, yeah. I remember going into this year and just saying, we got to get strong. And that's when, um, Doug, you've been working a lot with your battle ready coalition, right. to get people physically strong and spiritually strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've been working on that. And I told people I'm going to do this and you want to do it. That's fine. But to work on our, our physical strength. And I've been working really hard at that up until, uh, Ash Wednesday, March 2nd, kind of focus on the physical strength. But then on March 2nd, we launched, you know, this um, peace through strength. We maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression. And this is the tool we're, that we're using too. But uh, we're, we're still in this. Uh, uh, and it goes up until May 30th, which is the day before the Feast of the Visitation and before we enter into Pentecost. And we're, 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 um, we're, make, we're making sure we have, and this comes out of the Libra Cristo team that you're on, Dan, 
with Father Ripperger, and um, we're, we're making sure that we get our uh, baseline uh, spiritual practices uh, disciplined, and also we're working on mental prayer, which is that prayer that's more intimate. You you stop, you you listen, you talk, you you interrelate. You're, you're not just punching a clock. You're actually sitting and 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 being at the feet of Jesus. Uh, and so we've been doing that. But I, but then we said too, what's happening at the time we're about to conclude begins the ancient Pentecost novena, and that starts May 27th. Happens to be my anniversary, but May 27th and goes up to the feast on June 5th, and 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 then all this other stuff started to transpire. Well, wait a minute, we're getting strong, we're getting close, we're getting united, and June 6th we commemorate. We're storming the beaches. We're, we're going at the enemy and we're taking back what, what, the, what the enemy has stolen from us. We're re recovering uh, this, this ground that, that, that Satan has taken. Um, and so June is enormous. It, it's, it's huge. It's, it's a, it's, I keep saying it's a watershed moment, but it's a time where everybody that, and you named it well, uh, Dan, uh, that, uh, we've got to become really, really strong in what's worked, what God has shown us, yeah. what he's given us by divine revelation, the, the, the amazing prayers, the amazing devotions, the sacraments. We have to be really, really strong and tight in those because that's the way that we're going to end up defeating Satan under the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, Pentecost, the power of grace, we're moving in. We're And I like to say, Let's roll. Let's do this, baby. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, for example, when we, when we're in a formal rite session, and and you know the the, the priest, the exorcist, is, is his nose is in a book. He's reading. He's praying these prayers. Right. The the, the lay attendants, the, the the team members are watching. I'm a lay. I'm a, I'm just an old calf scout, and I'm watching the reactions. But to see, to see the reaction of of, of the, the the diabolic reaction to the litany of saints, it's it's. It will change your ecclesiology to, to, to see the power of the church, the weight, the auctoritas of the church invoked, the church triumphant in heaven brought down to earth and invoked in the, in the, in the, the, the charism is brought in, you, you know, into, into the battlefield. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to watch and to see. You see the reality of, of this, the totus Christus, the church triumphant, the church suffering in purgatory, and the church militant on earth. That's who we are. We're the church militant. We can't lose sight of that. We're not right. the church negotiative. We're not the church somnolent, right? We are the church militant. We're not we the church to, compliant. Whatever God has given us to do, we militate towards that. Whichever, whatever, ta whatever task he's, he's given us in his garden, this is what we do. But we do it with joy. We do it, we, yes. we do it with devotion. We do it and do all things for our blessed with hope. Yeah, with hope. I'd like to throw this in, Dan, get your take on this too. You know, Father lays out, uh, I think, incredibly clearly and very succinctly that June has all these components to it that could really, really make a serious turn in what's going on one way or the other. Now, I think a lot of people along the way, I mean, like you can watch a podcast like this and, you know, we're all fired up about this. And we get this hour where we're talking about this, we're breaking it down and it gets people excited. And then as soon as the podcast ends or the conference ends or the retreat ends or, or whatever it is that you've been engaging in, that kind of fires you up on these things. It goes away. And then you're sitting there, I would say proverbially or literally, I'm sorry, literally or figuratively, you're sitting on the edge of your bed and you're just thinking, okay, what do I do? How do I go about this? 
And I think it's going to be easy just to kind of fall back into the mundane. And his father always says they want to go golfing and shopping and kind of miss the fact that each and every day where we're saying these prayers, we're engaging in fasting, we're engaging in meditation, we're, we're really trying to step up, train up, be prepared, fight the battle. We may not see. And Dan, if you could speak to the fact that we don't necessarily see the battle, the enemy all the time. We know what's going on, though. And I, I don't know if you're, if you're going to get to the chesty polar quotes eventually here, but I do want you to throw some of that in there because we are surrounded. We yeah. are we are just it's like we're being hammered from every different direction. And I think it's easy for people just to kind of I don't want to pay attention. I'm going to put my head in the bubble, head in the sand. I'm not going to watch the news. It's too depressing. I want to go golfing, shopping, get me out of this. Every single prayer, every single Hail Mary, I think Father Ripperger says it's like, it's, it's like a punch. It's like beating on the devil, you know, and every rosary and every moment of fasting and every moment of worship and, and, and deep prayer and meditation and so forth. These all have very, very serious ramifications, even if we don't see them with our eyes. But if you could speak to helping the audience, helping all of us understand the importance of grinding it out every day, as you say in the military, you know, you got to, it, it's a term in the military is embrace the suck. In other words, it sucks. It's hard. It's difficult, you know, not to be crude, yeah. but it, it is. You got to embrace it, pick it up and move with it. That's what gets the job done. Even if you don't see it with your eyes, your thoughts yeah, on that. As soon as you start complaining, when a soldier starts complaining about, about uh, how miserable it is, how terrible it is, how wet it is, how cold it is, man, it gets wetter. It gets more miserable. It gets worse. <laughs> There was a picture in, in, the, in the flight line. Uh, every flight line had this picture. It showed a, 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 an army grunt standing in the mud. And he says, and it's raining and he's covered in mud and the wind's blowing. And, he, and the cartoon soldier says, man, it sucks out here. And then the next picture, it shows a ranger. His face is camoed out, pouring down rain. He's got his booty cap on. He says, it sucks out here. I love it when it sucks out here. Then the next picture, Special Forces, Green Beret, Tiger Stripe BDUs, Booney Cap, face painted up, can't even see the guy. He says, I love it when it sucks out here. I wish it would suck more. <laughs> and then it shows a picture of a Cobra pilot inside the closed canopy. It's raining. He looks out there. You see the rain. He says, man, it sure looks like it sucks out there. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a bottle. Yeah. We, we have to accept that. Chesty Polar, we'll throw a shout out to the Marines, famous Marine general. Started yeah. at private, made it all the way to general. One of the greatest, if not the greatest Marine uh, uh, of all time. I think it was in Korea. And they asked him for a report. And they said, they're on our front. They're on our left. They're on our right. We're on a hilltop. We're completely surrounded, which is, he said, it's a great day to be a Marine, which means in any direction that we shoot, we're going to hit one of them. <laughs> so you do have to have joy. The, yeah. the, in the book of Maccabees, it says that Judas and his brothers waged war joyfully for the Lord. So mm. we, we cannot get tied up and, and be drawn into, the, into emotions, into negativity, into, into all, then all the fear. Can, can, can I something about that too yeah and i'd like to get your opinion on this doctor is i actually literally told my parish family this past weekend because i was sharing a lot of what we we talked about today and i said but here's the deal satan is is as mad as he's going to get and and what's happening then is demons are manifesting right now and they're trying to get in you and my our bones so that what, what what's going to happen then we're going to find fault. 
We're going to take exception. You know, we're going to, you know, be at each other's throat, right? If we're not careful. But if we know that Satan's doing that, once we're tempted to do that, we can go, oh, I see what you're doing, Satan. I've done that many times. I, 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 and I've counseled people in the past about this too, is that know what Satan's up to. And then you can just, sometimes I laugh it off. I, you get tempted to, to, you know, take exception or something like that. You go, no, 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 no. That's Satan. That's Satan. I'm not going there. And, but I think, and I've been watching this doc is I think it's, it's manifesting in a lot of ways right now. I think people are just kind of at each other right now that, that he's uh, Diabolos divider. Right. But, but if we're not careful, he's going to have us at each other's throat. Yeah. I think that's the mistake. We think, Oh, for us to win, we have to use the Saul Linsky tactics ourselves. Right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to use evil to defeat evil. It doesn't work. Right. No. The devil looks for the mouth that blesses and curses. Yeah. He looks for the inconsistencies, any behavior that we exhibit that is, he knows the mark the indelible mark of baptism, the indelible mark of holy priesthood, anything that we do is contrary, any speech, any mm-hmm. actions we do that's contrary and inconsistent with that indelible mark attracts the demon to us. The mouth that blesses and curses, the mouth that blesses God through prayer at mass and then complains about Father's homily, not your homily, Father, but things about <laughs> Father's homily. That never happens. Oh, I can't believe she was wearing that. I can't believe this, right? The, the wholesale right. murder, that spiritual murder that takes place in the in the in the backs of our churches right. in our parking lots it's got to stop we have to be exactly. holy it's only our purity and tribalism like casting the stone the mm. smoothest of the stone the purity of thought word and deed this will yep. make for, for an accurate prayer yep. warrior Being be strong pure. in the lord and his mighty power put on the fall of god because you can stand against the tactics of the devil right right yeah right. you know so so watch we have to watch our speech because we're, we're and, and yes. why, look i gave up i think i mentioned the last time i was on i gave up reading all the news for Lent. And uh, man, I was happy. <laughs> I was in a pretty good mood most of the day. Nice. So, so stay in your lane, know what you need to know, commensurate yep. for your vocation, but don't get sucked into all these internet battles, going ballistic hey, on people on I, the internet. I just, I'll, let you, I'll let you talk here, Doug, real quick, but it made me think mm-hmm. this weekend, they were threatening with this uh, Ruth sent us, right? Infiltrating right. the churches. And I got up on the pulpit before mass started, and I said, men, okay, be ready if you would. But if they come with a big smile on your face, just ask them if they would please leave. We're not here to, to use the conference. It's a lot like what you said. We don't, we're not going to go into that fist fight like Saul Linsky tactics that they use. You know, We're going to turn, and we're going to smile, and we're going to use charity, and we're going to just ask them to, yeah. to nicely yeah. leave. I, I think that's a lot of what you just, you just said there, doctor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And on, on that point, Father, you just mentioned, uh, for those people who are not familiar, and I'm sure most people who are watching or listening probably are, we did have some incidents take place over this last week at the time we're recording this, from the time this leak came out from the Supreme Court, which, again, let, could we address the leak part, please? Because that's a major, major thorn in the side of our highest court in the land. That being said, there was one church in Katy, Texas, that is reporting a tabernacle being stolen from the church. There is a tweet that came out uh, from the Ruth Sentis group saying, uh, in response to a woman who said, we're going to pray a rosary for you and help, you know, pray for softening hearts and so forth and conversion. 
you know, stop what, you know, go ahead with your weaponized prayer, blah, blah, blah. We will be burning the Eucharist, the tweet says. So that sounds like an act of hate. That sounds like a def, you know, definitely uh, some form of hate coming out there. I'm sure it won't be prosecuted or followed up by, um, you know, anybody in the federal government. But you've got these types of attacks. Vandalism has gone on in many churches. Spray painting outside on doors, you know, my body, my choice, this kind of thing, you know, except in other medical areas. We don't want to mention that, of course, because that's just too sensitive and too serious to talk about. All of this really hypocritical sort of language, but the retaliation again, going back to this, I don't see this ending. I don't see this just being one weekend. I mean, it was Mother's Day weekend that they really hit hard with some of this. But I don't think this stops here. Dan, what do you think? Do you think the shifting no, think of the enemy's of tactics? A lot of it is just fear tactics and threats. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just to stir up fear, to stir up animosity, to stir, cause division. You know, um, So a lot of it is just that. It, it, a lot of it is to find a message, hammer the message. Uh, uh, and, and that's what they're going to do. And so a lot of it, again, a lot of it is just fear and, and getting everybody all riled up. So I, again, just ignore, but be aware that we're in a spiritual battle and there's these people are out there and they're going to target certain places. But, but I think, I think again, don't give into the fear. That's the big one. Exactly. Fear, Faith over fear. Fear is like elixir. It's, yeah. it's fear, unforgiveness, um, shame. These emotions that yeah. we get from an unholy place, from a lack of faith, a lack of hope, a lack of yeah. charity. These things are like a spiritual elixir that attracts the demon. They, yeah. they, they just like, wow, that's a guy that I can party with. I like that smell. I like the smell of yeah. fear. We've got to get rid of that stuff the very best we can. Militate against it. Fight yep. against it. Which yeah. is why I liked, Father, when you put your, your six by 12 foot sign out in front of your parish. <laughs> You posted yeah. on Facebook and said, we will not be intimidated. We will not be intimidated. Yeah. I'm not going to wow. have anybody use fear to tell me what to say and when to say it. Right. So right, I, right when I heard about this, uh, Ruth sent us, uh, I, I, I said, I'm getting my 12-foot sign out and put it out in front. And I'm going to be very clear that we are pro-life here at my parish. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm not going to have you have us cower in fear and dictate and hide, you know. And that's right. what's happening. That's why they've been winning. They've been winning because, oh, we better be silent. We, we might be divisive. We might offend someone if we dare speak up about what God's will is all about. But, but I'm I, done. I, I'm tired. I'm done. Yeah, with but I'll, and I'll say this too, you know, gentlemen, is, you know, here at the cathedral in Tyler, you know, at, at the mass I went to, you know, I had talked to several of the guys. These, some of these guys were guys that I had done some training with in the past. We've done some self-defense security church training that I was putting on here in the diocese. And, and you know, there are a lot of guys that just don't take that very seriously until something like something like this happens. Now they, they added a couple ushers. I think uh, the security guard was there. I talked with him, you know, we're all on the same page basically. And we were kind of floating around in different areas, just keeping an eye on things. And it wasn't out of fear. It was just out of caution. Right. We had about 30 to 40 people that were praying the rosary outside on the sidewalk. They created nice. two lines and they were praying the rosary. That alone is a deterrent right. spiritually, of course, but also on a natural level. If you got a group of, you know, the handmaids or whatever they call themselves, you're going to come marching in. There's a group of 30, 40 people praying in front of the door. That helps prevent that sort of thing from yeah. happening. It was but so having men who are ready to step up yep. and at least form a presence that says, look, we're not just going to let you come in and bully us. Right. We're not just going to lay down and let this happen. Now, I'm not right. saying that as if we're going to fight back right away, right. but I also am going to say that, and I know, Dan, you're former you know, military, and I'm, I just think we men have to at least have a plan because if this does escalate to another level, 
We want the most appropriate, God-loving, God-fearing approach to subduing any serious threat, reducing a risk of chaos, and helping to preserve and protect anybody right. that God entrusts to our care in those churches. And I'm going to implore every man out there who's watching right now, and all you ladies out there who have influence over the men in your life, get together, start conversing, have a good, holy, appropriate plan, get different layers, different um, areas of how you can protect and defend. There's so many different things you can do. I'll come out to your church and put on a talk on this and we'll put something together. I do it all over the country. Yep. This is something I think on a natural level, we do need to be thinking about. And I think everybody should have some kind of a plan. Just like you have to have a plan if someone breaks into your house or a plan to get out of your house if there's a fire. You need to have a plan if someone's going to hurt people in the church or threaten people in the church. The right kind of plan. And that doesn't mean go to violence right away. That is an absolute last resort. But if we have the right plan in place, we won't have to worry about getting to a level of violence. The better trained you are spiritually and naturally, the less likely you are to have chaos that can really cause all kinds of devastation. Yep. Uh, I think that's a great place for us to end. I mean, we are heading toward this uh, potential, uh, I keep calling a watershed moment, but a battle that, that could ensue in, in June and going forward. I mean, we didn't even get into stuff like uh, we're going to be facing food shortages and things like that right. in the future, but uh, we're going to have to be, be strong. But we're in, and doctor, thank you. Here's, here's a, a former military attack pilot that's telling us we got to, uh, we can't use their solid and ski tactics. We got to right. use the charity of, uh, that comes from the power of the Holy spirit and turn them back that way and use the, the, the spiritual weapons that God has given us, the, well, the it, Father, amazing it, devotions and sacraments. And, yes. and, and if real quick, Father, I'm sorry, Dan, can you just give even a 30-second, whatever, give me a minute comment on what I said about men having some sort of a plan, a good plan, a, ro a rock-solid holy plan, but an appropriate plan to, pre to protect and defend if it comes to that point? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, coordinate with your pastor. Um, let him know um, that he's aware that you've got a small group that are that are willing to to protect uh, the church, protect the congregation. When we're in, when we're when we're training to work with the priest in exorcism, we train the lay people. Your job is to protect the priest and to protect the Holy Eucharist. Mm. You know, so if the demon manifests and 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 tries to attack the priest, you're there to protect the priest and to protect the Holy Eucharist. You know, and so keep bear that in mind as you're putting this. You want to minimize the the amount of of damage, right. but particularly protect the priest because the priest is the target the pre in, in the tabernacle so those two things and if you and if your job maybe maybe you're you're, you're not the guy that's going to stand up and and uh, um create a human barrier but maybe your maybe you could write a check that that your your, your parish could get um cameras uh, alarm system so these yeah. breakings will happen at night it is there's more than just than just physical security there's plenty of, there's plenty of guys out there that are willing to do that i'm sure but but being being willing to be part of that plan uh, um again financially helping your parish as well yeah. um so so that, that, that we can set up cameras inside and out you know preventative measures uh and that sort of thing anything you can do to support your priest our job our job is to protect and support our priest. And, and, and again, Our Lady is telling us, pray for your priest, pray for your bishop, pray for your pope. We need to be doing that. And we need to be putting our shields around him, right? Picture that one of the formations that the Romans used was called the Orbis. And the Orbis position, when the, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the centurion called Orbis, that meant the battle line has broken. And you've got a, a part of your unit has been separated and that you form a circle and you put the officers and the wounded in the middle and you form, you go shield to shield, 
uh, overlapping each other in a circle. Mm -hmm. And that, that command means you fight to the very end. And so this is what we have to see ourselves as protecting and praying for our priests, praying for Holy Mother Church. Um, doing what we can from our own our own particular lane, whatever God has called us to do, but right. doing our part through prayer uh, uh, and sacrifice and acts of love and service for, for the church and for others. We have to keep militating in that way. But yeah, like you say, in terms of these, of these um, um, I'm thinking of a terrible word to use. I'll just say these individuals that are, that are threatening to do these things. Don't, don't, don't give, be very serious. Take their threats very seriously, mm. but don't let it distract you from the focus of the mass. If they, if you let that happen and you let fear, you let anger enter in, you've already let them win. So, yeah. so be there to protect your priest and anything he needs you to do. Yeah. Good. Like it. All right. Thanks, doctor. Let's send it with okay, a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. May almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you, Dr. Dan Schneider. Yeah. Good to have right. you.